0: We could talk about time. Adam. Watch a film today. James. We'd explain all the plots that confused you. Scott. And we'd say
1: Welcome to Time Travel Film Club.
2: Hello, it is episode 13 of the Time Travel Film Club. It is our season review. Hello, Adam. Hello, James. How are we doing, guys? All good.
0: I'm pretty good, actually. Yeah, mm. I'm glad that the season's over, but not over.
2: I'm, I'm still very proud of us and very happy with us and riding a, a massive wave of, of happiness with, with how everything went. It was just such a good time. I'm really happy with it.
0: I was actually listening to one of the podcasts on the walk down to my, uh, my yard nearby. And I bumped into a friend who was like, are you listening to your own voice? (laughs) And I had a moment there where I could either explain to her, yes, I am because it's a podcast. Or I could do what I actually did, which is just say, yep.
3: I had a very similar moment. I was listening to it at work. And my... Bluetooth headphones accidentally connected to the main speakers in the in the like the work the like the workshop, and everyone was like, "Is that you? Is that is that you talking? You listen to yourself <laughs> on a podcast?" I was like, "Yes, I do it frequently."
2: They might accuse you of like errant activities of like, "Are you feeding yourself information through ear of earphones? <laughs> what? What's going on here?" My one of my worst nightmares because I listen to it in the car. And it's my worst nightmare that for whatever reason, I'll be pulled over and like a policeman will dip his head in. I'll have to speak to him and say like, hello, officer. And then on the podcast, I'll say something like insanely bad, like (laughs) fuck weebles. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as I said, yes, we did indeed go through a full 12 movie gamut and and for our listeners, kind of for ourselves as well, we'll be just running through all of the movies that we covered very briefly, touching on how we kind of felt about them and what we think now that a little bit of time has gone by, we'll be sort of refreshing ourselves and then we'll be diving into, over the course of everything we saw in season one, all of the time travel and a, a juicy bit of trivia.
0: I think it's impressive that we came up with 12 films, but at the very start, if you'd asked me to write down 12 12- time travel films i would have put maybe three of the films on this
1: list there
3: i, I could have listed 12 time travel films but i can guarantee you can't yeah, have like, terminator one to five adam what do you mean? <laughs> there's like seven actually scott so <laughs> um there definitely wouldn't have i wouldn't have selected any of these for like if i was getting to the bottom of my 12 and i was like Oh, i still need another two I might have gone and had a bit of research, but they wouldn't have been these ones. I would have
2: invented some that ironically are going to be films on later (laughs) lists, like uh, uh, Time Crisis, uh, Time Safari, (laughs) uh, Time... (laughs) We played those games. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, first up, let's transport ourselves way back when, to episode one of Time Travel Film Club, we covered Primer. Primer is a 2004 American independent sci-fi film that sees garage engineers Aaron and Abe invent time travel. Kind of for real in mm. the film. But unfortunately, they struggle with the duplicity that follows. There is also a rat man in an attic.
0: <laughs> he's, he's not a rat man. He's you've, baby birds.
3: He's baby birds, we all And it's odd that you've been You're glass that one half full up. kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah I know. Yeah. I'm
2: like rat man in the attic. <laughs> sure. I still look back at Primer and, and kind of, I'm, I'm deeply kind of respect my past self for going through it. I'm glad I've done it now. It's almost like how I imagine people feel after doing marathons. Like, you know, you train, you build up, you work hard, you do the thing. And then you think, I never want to do that again. It's not the way I feel about Primer, by the way, but it is just this kind of like monolith thing. And I still respect the film a lot. I still look upon it favorably. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's Primer guys, right?
0: I mean, I I do remember when we were recording how kind of taken aback I was that this was the first film in the list mm. of all the films to watch first, maybe the most complicated film of all, but also the best.
3: Yeah, definitely the pinnacle of our, of, well, I think the pinnacle of time travel movies that are sort of accessible to us, to be honest, um, still complicated even i I mean i i don't not want to watch it again either because i think there's still things i think i finally understood it with our final watch of it i think i finally got it but i still think there's more i could i could pull out of it that's just when it gets you just when
2: you think you're fine you'll watch primer again and be like oh my god i didn't realize there's a floating baboon in the background (laughs) (laughs) and it's the earliest film on our list we didn't know that when we were selecting it wasn't intentional but it primer is kind of like this it's the start, not the start of anything, but it's kind, It's the start of our time travel film club. And it's all the way back in, what, 2004, so 18 years ago at this point.
3: You could say it was the primer for the genre.
0: You, you could say that.
3: Yeah, I, could I say couldn't that. I, say that. I wouldn't say it. No, that's, it's stupid.
2: You did though. <laughs> we followed that up with ARQ, which is a 2016 American-Canadian hybrid home invasion movie in which sexy engineer Renton and his suspicious ex-girlfriend mother... You've got to watch the movie for that one. <laughs> Try to escape a time loop and their assailants at the same time. And in this movie, Australia no longer exists.
0: I'd honestly forgotten, until you mentioned it just now, that his ex-girlfriend was mother. Um, <laughs> which, it, again, sounds bizarre. Mum for short. Mum yeah. for sure. Not the weirdest
3: and, family situation we've come in touch uh, with. That's <laughs> true, <laughs> actually. That's weird, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> uh, and also, so thrilled to also remember that Australia doesn't exist anymore. I like Australia. Oh, no, I've, I've got relatives in Australia. Oh, It's cool. just, we're going to come across Australia a few times in this list. We are. And, well, it's hit you've got, and
2: miss. You've got to have balance. For all, all of the Australia that exists, you have to have some non-existence for Australia, unfortunately. New Zealand was thrilled.
0: ARQ was the first suggestion I made, I think, for this list. Uh, I, still, I still like it. I still think it's a good film. It's not a great film. Uh, i'd be interested in your opinions if they've changed at all
3: I, I really i really still really enjoyed it i mean i would watch it again i think it's like it's you know it's not a particularly uh, heavy film it's not particularly in depth um just a kind of good well home invasion sort of crossover movie um yeah i really liked it
2: i liked uh, you said not heavy and light is exactly how i think about it like I I I feel like it would just be a a fun time if I was ever just for if I was like on a plane or in a hotel room and ARQ was on, I'd probably just start watching it. You know what I mean? Like it's just I I still think about it favorably.
3: It, it felt like a palate cleanser after primer, to be fair as well.
2: Very true. Yeah. After we palate cleansed from primer with ARQ, we followed that up with the dessert of a Sound of Thunder, which is a 2005 American action thriller question mark, Mm. where we follow doctors Travis and Sonia as they struggle through time wave after time wave after a trip to the past gone awry.
0: Sorry, Scott, can you just remind me, is this ed helms ed burns or ed balls yes thank you very much (laughs) you've given
2: me a yes right thank you thank you very much james i thank you very much for giving me this platform right now i because james knows how much i've tortured myself for what i did in that sound of thunder episode Uh, and I, i deserve the torture i think because i spent the whole episode like not once not not twice but like seven or eight times i referred to uh the star of that movie ed burns Edward Burns. Edward Burns. I referred to him as Ed Helms. Popular Ed Helms from The Hangover and The Office and a bunch of stuff. Ed Helms, who like, I don't think anyone hates Ed Helms. I certainly like a bunch of Ed Helms, but Ed Burns, he is not. And so to both Ed Helms and Ed Burns, I'd like to make a public apology. To both of you, I'd like to apologize. I can only imagine the kind of chaos that wrought. I, I haven't slept some nights since I listened back to that episode and realized the mistake I made, but I've now made amends. Thank you
3: me and James would have secret conversations about how disgusting you <laughs> were with you because of that situation.
0: I think several times in the episode you'd get it wrong and Adam would just look me in the eyes yeah. and neither of us would correct just,
3: you. Just leave it is what we were both saying across to each like,
2: other. Across like all 12 episodes it, there's no greater example of someone like making a mistake and then just continuing to make it and like fully Im- I said his name was such panache. I was like Ed Helms. I like fully embody it. Mm-hmm. It was it was not the Ed but uh, but that's you know that's Ed Burns' fault for being unremarkable i will also say <laughs> still, still sticking the knife <laughs> in
3: can't
0: stop all right
2: from a sound of thunder we rejuvenated with los crono Crimenes, a 2007 spanish comedy thriller in which we meet hector more than once and are charmingly introduced to curiosity time traveling the cat instead of killing it
0: this is still one of my favorite films to recommend to friends to watch i think it's just a little bit different to something you'd see normally it's a good film I really like the everything about it: the plot, the acting, the kind of general time travel vibe is also the the time travel I truck with the most.
3: Hmm. It's it's easy going. Had comedy moments I wasn't expecting. It had kind of like drama that I you know was expecting. Um, I also sat down with a group of friends. They said, "What do we want to watch tonight?" And I said, "I've got a film we should watch. You should watch
2: this." They felt the same thing. They really enjoyed it. It goes down a treat. Like I always think of just like how deserty and good feeling that movie was for all of us.
0: Milk desserty. Coke. You called it a Sunday roast. The type when we watched it.
2: I actually think it was you who called it a Sunday roast, James, and you were right to, at the time. A movie full of wonderful, uh, uh, nourishing, good family, but not family vibes. It's not. It's I wouldn't not say a it's a family film. Sunday roast with the family, or a Sunday at home with Los Crono no. Crimenes and and no, this you is know, a, this is a
3: solo Sunday roast that you have on your own and don't tell anyone about.
0: Which is what I will actually be doing this weekend and look greatly forward to. Nice.
2: Oh, very nice. From there, we sauntered into The Jacket, a 2005 American psychological drama that sees asylum resident Jack with the help of a mysterious jacket and the less mysterious Jackie trying to solve his future slash past death. We get no confirmation in this film as to whether Australia exists or not.
3: How you've said it like that. Why did we not spot Jack, Jackie in
2: the Jacket sooner?
0: Uh, honestly, <laughs> you know? Jack, Jackie and the Jacket is such a better name for yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah, One yeah, of definitely. the
2: biggest reveals to me throughout the whole film list is that listing of characters because i watched the whole film and did not in any way realize until you told me james it is jack jackie and the jacket and you know love it and hate it for it love it and hate it
0: if you go back and listen to the first ever episode we did in fact primer you'll notice i had seen jack jackie in the jacket and mentioned it offhand in that episode oh weird (laughs) yeah
2: oh really oh wow i didn't i didn't catch that
0: yeah, I, go, go back and have a listen. There's a, mm. there's a little moment where I say something along the lines of, it would be as bad as naming three of your characters in the film the same name.
2: Huh. And from there, we dived into 41, a 2012 Australian independent science fiction film that follows centrifuge of confusion Aiden across his campus and down a rabbit hole of weird characters, motel floors and time itself. You forgot to say seminal classic. I, d- I did forty-one. Did yeah. you miss that out? I did. I. To repeat I it or? You can't miss something out that's not written down in front of you. <laughs> so uh, I would.
0: I think forty-one is in my my top ten films ever. I think. Oh, I'm no, oh, no, Sorry, B- bottom ten. That was it. Come bottom on, 10 films it's ever. not
3: fair. This was obviously one of my choices, wasn't it? it oh yeah. It's very clearly
2: one of my choices too, <laughs> and we love you for it. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Uh, someone has to be the worst member of the group. Don't I do think. this. Don't do this to me. <laughs> not on the podcast. <laughs> This is
3: a private conversation.
2: (laughs) That was followed up with The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, a 2006 Japanese animated romance weaving the tale of Makoto Kono and her classmates as they deal with the complications of time travel, making big decisions about your future, and managing to fit in baseball practice around it all. I'm really glad we decided to put an
3: anime in. By the way, that was—I think—that was a really, a really good choice because it was a little different kind of touch, um, and the animation thing was obviously beautiful as always, as a, you know, a lot of those animes are. So
0: I, I legitimately cannot interact with Ladybirds or Walnuts without thinking about that film. Now it's one of those weird things of I see a Walnut and I think, oh, yeah, go that through time. I see a Ladybird and I think, oh lucky here
2: We've got some good times here no de- uh, i couldn't agree more definitely of maybe of all of the movies i haven't thought about it too much but it's definitely one of the ones that i'm the most happiest to have seen it the film club was the only reason why i watched this film i wouldn't have watched it otherwise i wouldn't have heard of it otherwise maybe and i'm still to this day really glad to kind of have that have the experience in me but also just have the the reference point because It is just a really sort of like whimsical and impressive film.
0: And much larger in terms of its cultural impact than I think we ever would have known. Yeah, definitely.
2: And from there, we move to Curvature, a 2017 American mystery thriller that sees recently widowed Helen leaning on friends Alex and ever-present Proflo as she tries to get to the bottom of her (laughs) husband's death.
1: (laughs) I forgot you called her Uh, Proflo.
2: A husband that invented time travel. You know what? I, it's the biggest sort of like switch from the, how I was in the episode, but I look back on Curvature incredibly fondly. I think it's a piece of trash and I fucking love it.
0: <laughs> I've actually been thinking about that film recently and I've got a, a bit of a, a theory I want to put to you guys later on. Please do. Um, about oh, okay. this, this film is one of three films in this list that I think could be improved subtly that i will explain later
2: oh nice following curvature was the infinite man a 2014 australian indie sci-fi rom-commy kind of thing there's romance there's comedy in which dean 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 and dean try to make it work with lana in spite of the intervention of dean 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 and terry
0: oh terry
3: oh terry I'm um, like air kisses for this one. I, wow, oh, this is well up on my list of favorite moments in the entire in the entire run.
0: I think this. I think because it was funny, mm. and also because it was time travel, it just ended up hitting exactly all the markers we yeah, needed from definitely. a film. Mm. Uh, and I still, I remember this film probably the, the most fondly of all the films I hadn't seen on this list.
2: And I think it feels like a real find the infinite man i don't know anyone who's ever heard of it i don't know anyone who's ever seen it and that's kind of a sub job of our podcast it's kind of like a, a one of the things we wanted to to happen with the film club is that we wanted to have a, a purpose for digging deep into all of the films that have ever been made and finding these kind of gems and i think that infinite man is a real real gem i
3: I've watched this a load of times after we watched it for the podcast, too. I
2: really like this one.
0: I actually made my wife watch this. It's one of the few films that I said, now, nah, listen, you've, you've got to you sit You should down watch, and watch this. this, yeah.
2: And after the Dean, Dean, Dean of it all, we ventured to I'll Follow You Down, Canadian misery porn from 2013. <laughs> <laughs> in, which <laughs> in which science... <laughs> in which scientific genius Errol tries to rewrite his family's timeline while his nepotistic grandfather tries to put the horrors of the Titanic in his past.
0: (laughs) Misery porn is the best description for this film. That's
2: really throwing me completely. (laughs) I think I've made it clear how I feel about this movie. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) But it's a film that I'm glad is in the list because it's just such a, a contrary film to everything else we've seen. It is so negative and just a bit depressing and sad that I was I'm glad it's in the list.
2: And we needed 12 films, did not we? So it was, you know, so (laughs) I, I, you know what? No, I'll follow you down had, it has genuine use. You know, it's, yeah, we are as much as we're looking for good, fun times watching films, we are looking, we're, we're looking for data. We're mining data about time travel in movies and I'll follow you down is a time travel movie that says a lot, does less, but definitely says a lot about time travel. So I'm still glad I saw it.
0: And quite a good cast. One of the better casts of any of the films in this list. That
2: is very true. That Wasted. is very true. Wasted cast.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just. Want, I want to make sure that not the I'm best not on that utilized. side of. The Completely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Completely correct. After following them down, we ventured back up to Palm Springs, a 2020 American sci-fi rom-com in which we spend the time with Niles and Sarah, who are trapped in a time loop, and not both trying to get out.
0: Maybe the most accessible film on the list?
3: Also, very nice to get a kind of comedy after the, the previous two um, two movies on the list. Um, nice to just kind of come up from, from, a,
2: from a low. The most outright comedy, for sure. Damn. The most yeah. recent. And so, as you said, James, definitely the most accessible. A movie that's kind of been right in front of our faces while we've been doing this podcast.
0: Mm. Yeah, I actually was at a stag do not long ago for my brother. And I was talking about how I've been doing this film club. And... Of all the films on this list, this was the only film that everybody had seen. Mm. And everybody remembered watching it and enjoyed it and thought it was a good film. And basically, for the same reasons we liked it, thought it was worthy of being on my list. So I'm, I'm glad that that was a point.
2: It's a really enjoyable, fun film. You're not going to put this on in many rooms and have people come away from it being like, oh, I didn't really enjoy that. It's, it's really good fun. It's very well made and it's super digestible. And thus, we concluded with Predestination, a 2014 Australian sci-fi drama thriller. It's many, many things in which an agent, an unmarried mother and an administrator tangle and untangle themselves backwards and forwards across time, across a couple of decades. A movie that we've just reviewed is still pretty fresh with us. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm entirely over the shocks that came with it.
0: Uh, I think- it, whether this is fresh or not in our minds doesn't matter. It will haunt me for a long time. <laughs> and do you know, interestingly, this is another film that I would just recommend to people purely because it is such a, a mind bender of a film that you you have to watch it to understand it.
3: There's still a mark on my ceiling at home from where my coffee hit the ceiling <laughs> in the final reveal. It's it's shocking. It's you know
2: both very good points. That kind that kind of shock, and also just the kind of the journey that movie takes you on. A why it will it will as you said james it will always be this ever-present wow moment in my film in our film watching history what a uh what a movie what a time travel movie predestination was and that is all 12 of the movies we covered, gentlemen what a fun time we had wow, wow what a journey honestly such a good time i know we're kind of reveling in our own thing right now but it was it was a real sort of up and down right it wasn't this kind of like smooth sailing fun time we choreographed for ourselves it was all this kind of random stuff coming together movies flying in from out of nowhere from different countries different decades i say different decades there's only like three but you know what i mean and it's cobbled together this like weird tapestry that i have fallen in love with like our our weird mutant child there's some
0: films on there that i don't think we expected there are some films that came out of nowhere there are some films on there which Will never probably be topped in terms of how good the time travel was, or how good the plot was, but also some real stinkers in there.
3: There are some things on there that will never leave me for good or for bad. Some things you wish would. Some things I wish would just leave me alone. But yeah, no, it's it's it's
2: a good list. It's a it's a really interesting run.
0: And I don't think it's tarnished our opinion on Adam too much
2: no i just think that adam is such a unique and individual man who has definitely done things
3: that's not what i wrote down
2: read (laughs) read what i wrote down (laughs) oh yeah sorry adam adam is a you put yourself here as an adonis uh god among men Uh this looks like paraphrasing from infinite man yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is what our film club did but we are not just the film club we are the time travel film club gentlemen and so above all else, one of the things I really was looking so forward to in this episode is us crisscrossing back and forward over all of the time travel that we've seen, all of the different ways, all of the different representations, all of the different presentations and seeing what novelties there are, seeing what interesting stuff we've covered. We know we've covered so much interesting, diverse, original ways of presenting time travel. So I think to get us kicked off, one of the things I always try and do when I think of our list of 12 is Umbrella terms for the types of time travel that we've seen. And I've, in my head, paired some together. There are really obvious pairings. There's ARQ and Palm Springs. Those are the two time loop movies we've got. And there's Los Cronocrimenes. Crimenes. And The Infinite Man, as the two movies that have multiple iterations of a person and fold the person's experience on top of one another. I've said this many times now, I'm repeating myself, but it's the I always call them the everything has always happened and everything always will type of time travel, where everything that you see happen always has to happen, no matter the actions of however many iterations there are of the time travelers in the film. So
0: no paradoxes in these
2: fantastic Mm. so those are those are the two pairings that i've got in my head always the two time loop films and the two everything always movies but i'll put it to the floor when you look at that list of 12 and you think about the time travel in all of these movies what jumps out to you immediately as as a designation or a columning or a, a way of describing this type of thing
0: well i think the the very first film we ever covered primer is like the paradox machine it is whatever happens they can change the past. They can change the future. They can have multiple versions of themselves in the same future. They can have people coming back from a future that hasn't happened yet that then stops that future ever happening. It's very much a, a big kind of paradoxical kind of mismatch of information. And I think that kind of stands out as being different to the films you've listed so far. I'm just trying to think if there's anything on there that quite matches up to that.
3: I think the other thing about Primer is that we... I think we probably mentioned it in the episode a bit was, was that although there are paradoxical situations in Primer, it doesn't seem to really matter what you do because there is a future in Primer that continues, you know, uh, Aaron. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it? Um, Aaron eventually is building a bigger time travel device. So, you know, he's not that worried about what he does in the past or in the future. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He, he thinks he can continue the kind of work that he's doing. Um, I think that's pretty unique to be honest. I think a lot of our movies are focused on on solving paradoxes when things go wrong. And this one is really kind of a bit like
0: You're right. The the other example I'd throw back in there then is probably I'll follow you down whereby he is able to do something which is paradoxical. He causes something to change in his original timeline, but unlike Primer, that causes them to never want to use time travel again Mm. so it is primer is unique in that sense but it's the same style of paradoxical time travel as you'd find in i'll follow you down
2: when i think of like primer and as you both said paradoxes are plenty i immediately and whether whether right or wrong i immediately think of predestination they're both bookends to this film club but they're both these kind of extreme Paradoxical things. Obviously, predestination is a lot more dramatic and a lot more Hollywood about uh, the, the extent to which the character bracket S bracket, the, the way that they are a paradox and the paradoxical nature of things. Whereas Primer is again, more low key about it and more, you know, indie and, and, and overlapping dialogue about it. But they're both movies that have this time travel element in them that is effectively just like a big, a big problem, if that makes sense. They've got they've and Primer, I think, as you pointed out, Adam, irons it out, and a future does exist thereafter. Whereas one of the one of the things we realised in the predestination episode, you said it, James, was that those that paradox in predestination and and the story we've seen exists unto itself.
0: It, it is impossible. It's, it is the biggest paradox of all the films mm. that we have seen. Easily the biggest paradox. Yeah. It's a different type of paradox that we see in Primer, for example. Um, and that makes me think of a fourth film that I put in there, which is A Sound of Thunder, where they have the whole problem of they create a paradox that they then have to go back and undo. Mm. Um, so there's, I'd say those four films line up in terms of they are the paradoxical films, but they don't quite line up with each other in terms of what the time travel is like.
2: In line with that, taking two of the films that you mentioned, I'll Follow You Down and A Sound of Thunder, both films in which if I wanted to summarize them this way, I could both films in which someone goes to the past, a bad thing happens. And when you go back to the future, when we as the audience go back to the future, we see that the future has been badly affected by it. So it's, I don't want to say simple. None of these, we know that none of these movies are especially simple as far as, you know, that's the whole point, but it's in my head when I picture it, it's simple in as far as you went back you did something you shouldn't have done or something happened that shouldn't have happened. And you've come back to a, in a Sound of Thunders case and uh, the same timeline that's been altered in I'll Follow You Down. They have the, the chit chat at the beginning. Um, Haley Joel Osman and Titanic Grandad, they have the chit chat <laughs> where they're like, Oh, there's, there's tracks to time. And there's, you know, they specifically use the word tracks. I remember that, that much. But whether it's on a new track or not, go to the past, something bad, come back ugh, it's bad, so we need, to, we need to correct.
3: And I think that's an interesting definition because those four films are definitely paradox films. But I'll Follow You Down and A Sound of Thunder are paradox films that I would consider to be the stereotypical paradox. You go back in time, something happens. When you come back to the future, the future's different. And it's different for the for the worse, whereas with Primer and Predestination, they are all they are definitely paradox films, but they are they're a different style. They're their own thing. That's what makes them unique in our list, particularly for paradox kind of films.
2: In light of that, we also have The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, a movie in which the character just goes back and keeps going back and keeps going back. And the whole point there is the exact opposite of A Sound of Thunder. You go back and you do change things. That's what you're supposed to do. You live in the new timeline because you've edited stuff. In A Sound of Thunder, you visit backwards and then you hop straight back to your present time. You're kind of like a tourist in the past. Whereas in The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, much like 41, when you go to the past, you have to just live forward. There's no forward time machine or there's no button to press to take you back whereas in a sound of thunder you hop on oblivion and it just takes you right back to 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 home base yeah
0: yeah i did not think we would be comparing 41 and the girl who leapt through time but you're right they both have that you travel back in time either by touching a walnut or climbing through some carpet and then you have to live through those moments again and you have to kind of progress through time kind of linearly all over again and you're right, that is the same style of time travel. And those mm. two films are surprisingly similar in that regard.
2: I'm really sort of loath to mention Curvature because we all know how little I understood that film. <laughs> but Curvature, again, a movie where she goes... Backwards and then lives forwards.
0: Confusing because we see it from the wrong perspective. Because we see it
2: from the wrong perspective. But she does go backward I've just forgotten. Basically, I know that she travels and gets amnesia, but I can't remember. Does she travel forward and have amnesia, or does she travel backwards and have amnesia? She travels
0: backwards. Fantastic. Yes.
2: So, but again, just she travels backwards and does have to live forward, in the same vein as. And maybe you could recalibrate that curvature MRI machine, and maybe it would send you even further back if you wanted to, and you could keep going. That movie makes no mention and it doesn't care really about you know oh we're in a different timeline or you could correct timelines or what happens if you change the timeline or anything like that it's it's much more focused on all of the screen time that they give to Sarah Connors
0: (laughs) which I think means there's only one film on the list that stands out as being completely different from the rest and that's the jacket because the time travel is forwards for starters so that's weird Mm -hmm. yeah and there's nothing else. Like it's a single point forward and then you wake up. Very, very strange. Very different to all the other time travel.
2: It's tourism in the sense that he goes forwards and then comes back. He doesn't have to because there's no way to live backwards. You know what I mean? You can't mm. do this. Do you do You the opposite of what... You can't do what Curvature and 41 and A Girl Who Leapt Through Time are doing by going backwards and living forwards. You can't go forwards and live backwards. So he is a tourist in the same way that A Sound of Thunder are tourists. They go back and hop forwards. But yeah, definitely. He's the only... To my knowledge, he's the only person who consciously, his whole shtick is, I get to go to the future. And I wondered whether there is just more mileage in time
3: travel movies where you go back in time, because there is more you can effectively do with them. If you go forward in time, you can't change anything. It's You're, you're in a future that's happening. You go back in time and change something, then when you go back to the future, everything's changed. And you know you've got more mileage to play with, I think, narratively it makes more sense to write a time travel movie that happens in the past and affects the future rather than the other way around because it just doesn't work that way around.
0: Not to talk off the topic of the films that we've got here, but you're right, I can only think of a couple of examples where going forward leads to a story. And I think of things like the original, like the um, the time machine, yeah. where there is some backwards, but then eventually it ends up being forwards. Mm. And the kind of the story kind of peters out and just becomes a normal narrative story after the forwards happened. And the other example is Futurama, where there's Mm. points where they'll travel forwards in such a way that it turns out time loops all the way back anyway. So that's just another way of turning it into backwards time travel
3: and i I guess the the way it is used in in movies where or tv shows or whatever media that you do travel forwards is a lot of people travel forward in a time machine and realize oh it's horrible here we need to work out what's happened in the past to cause it so you're kind of cutting out that first stage of it so that's an interesting thing to spot that you know it's it does seem to be past related movies that
2: i think off the top of my head audiences are going to be way more invested in seeing stuff that they know has happened and seeing how you do it differently or edit it or experience it, all that kind of stuff. Whereas the minute you start doing futures, it's entirely hypothetical. And there are loads of movies, not time travel movies per se, but Blade Runner and your Dunes and your big far-flung sci-fi films. People do like the idea of seeing a potential future, but time travel movies tend to be quite rooted in normality because the time travel itself is the is the x factor so to then be like oh yeah i'm we're doing a time travel movie you go to the future the future is really wild and sci-fi-ish but you're then just going to go back to the past i can see it i can just see it less than all of the stuff that goes immediately to the past
0: and i mean i think about something like back to the future where there is of course the whole plot is that the future is altered because of something they do in the present but again that's not really travel to the future that's the important part the important part is the event in the present that mm. has affected the future yeah
2: uh, stakes are something that we've spoken about so much over the course of the movie and and what. Not the stake the primer is, but I mean, like, you know how with T-bones, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, this, the stakes of the situation, what jeopardy is there for these characters in terms of not just themselves and their personal situation, but also the sanctity of time and the structure of time and, 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 and how time is managing depending on what they're doing. When you go to the future, there's very little stakes. You're not going to risk, Oh, don't change something because that's the past. It is the foundation upon which the presents build on if you change the future okay fine uh, who's not to say that i won't change the future by the fact that you come back and tell me stuff and it just so i i get it from a writing a screenplay it must be difficult to to have stakes in terms of and that's just in 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 that's purely in terms of alteration
0: i think the only thing that i could think of that would work as a story device is if you go to the future and you bring something back with you mm. there's nothing you can do in that future that will be any more damaging than just if you'd gotten there normally by waiting
3: yeah, I mean you you go into the future, you bring back some knowledge, and then you use that knowledge to better yourself in the future. That's kind of and the future would then I think change probably and be more advanced than perhaps it was before, or you know, is that the moment when things changed for the future? You know, so yeah. the, that's the kind of where I think you would go with it. But that's definitely not on our list. We haven't got that kind of focus.
2: So we've got primer and predestination, not necessarily together, but both falling under the umbrella of weird paradox movies, just doing it in completely different ways, but movies that, you know, know the paradoxes they're creating and show them to you in these bold, vivid ways. We've also paired off the two time loop movies. Nice, you're both time loop movies. And as we've said in previous episodes, there are, you you know, throw a penny out the window, you'll hit a time loop movie. We found a couple more the other day that they're making. Time loop movies are a dime a dozen. And so, It would have been really easy to have a time travel, time loop movie film club and just 12 time loop movies. So we've got those two there. They're paired together. And I think they're both quite good examples of how to do a time loop movie as well. We also have Infinite Man and Los Cronos paired together as kind of very similar ways of structuring a movie with multiple people. And as we said, we've got 41, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Curvature, which despite of the amnesia, all three of those movies are Go Back and live-forward movies in terms of the time travel. And so what what does that leave? I guess that leaves A Sound of Thunder,
3: The Jacket, and I'll Follow You Down.
0: Yeah, which are actually all sort of tourist films. They are. Jacket is different enough in that it's going forward, but ultimately they're all moments of going to the point then doing, kind of, something. Being, doing something as a tourist then coming back again yeah you don't,
2: yeah they don't do living through they're not about it they just want to get there have their fun time come back and oh i made a mistake while i was there oh i'm so sorry or in jack's case you know oh i was dead when i was there what's that about <laughs> <laughs> That's really convenient. I didn't cool. uh, I I yeah. didn't know. I mean, I knew that we had two time loop movies and I knew that we had two movies in Los Crono and The Infinite Man that have similar structures in terms of how they present their time travel. But I didn't realize that the other six uh uh at the other eight, you know, prime and predestination are very much their own beasts. But the other six, I didn't realize that you could almost yes, yeah, three that three movies in which people go to the past and live forward. And three movies in which the people visit those places, but they don't live in any way. They just come straight back.
3: I think it's interesting as well that in those groupings, they're movies we didn't talk about picking together, but they're a mix of our films.
0: Oh, yeah. And they we- are? Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. That's yeah. kind of
3: interesting, too.
0: Yeah. And I would never have put any of those films together yeah. for any Like, I wouldn't have thought, oh, you know, Sound of Thunder is just like I'll Follow You Down. Who chose Curvature? I chose Curvature. That's James's.
3: You chose Go Who Through Time. I chose 41. So we've got three movies there that are kind of bonded in together that we chose completely we are, separately yeah. They weren't related to. So it's like a really interesting kind of like weird, there's obviously links in the background there of like people looking at other people's time travel movies yeah. and trying to do different things.
2: Within the threes, I mean, Primer and Predestination, I almost can't get into right now. Who could? But within the, within the two threes we've got, we've got, so let's start with 41, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Curvature. 41 and The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, both motivate their main characters to change the time stream yeah curvature not so much she's not changing the time stream she's doing everything according to plan they don't really they they have that one sentence in the movie where they say what happens if we meet our past selves i don't know just they just move past it immediately because the movie's not operating on that level and then you move over to a sound of thunder the jacket and i'll follow you down i'll follow you down the visit is intentionally about changing the time stream. Mm. The jacket, the the tourism is intentionally about changing the time stream. And a sound of thunder. This barren child over in the corner. The problem of the movie is a change to the time stream. So yeah. even these like three couplets, there's there's variation within the three. They have the same kind of time travel, but the reasons the characters are doing it for, or the the unfortunate circumstances they find themselves in, are all really nice. We we put them all together under these umbrella terms because. It's nice to cotton on to the way time travel is done across a lot of movies and to be able to see a new time travel movie and say, oh, yeah, this is one of those kind of movies. This is a, a time traveler tourist movie. This is a go back and live it movie. This is an everything has always happened kind of movie. And then you see some movies like Predestination and Primer that have elements of all four elements of all of the other groups mixed into one. And there are these kind of in crazy Turin shrouds of, of wild stuff. Interesting. It's an interesting one. Didn't want to use the word tapestry again. I've used it
0: earlier in the episode. Um, I think an an interesting point there is that even though those films kind of nestle together quite well, the time travel in each of them is is wildly different. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at things like in 41, where he just climbs down under some carpet, very, very odd. And then in The Girl Look Through Time, a genuine scientific device from the future that just so happens to look like a walnut. Uh, And then obviously curvature a giant MRI machine that totally different kind of types of time travel device built mm. in, but ultimately leading to very similar time travel functionality.
2: Mm. On a sliding scale, if we had ourselves a little zero to 10, Primer is the 10, Primer's 12, Primer's 14 on a, on a zero to 10 scale in terms mm. of them trying to root it in scientific accuracy and, and trying to make it believable. What's the exact opposite of that? Because the first thing that screams to mind is Magical Walnut.
0: Well, I think Magical Walnut is supposed to be future technology that's so advanced you think it's magic. Unlike, uh, sorry, I'm just going to rifle through my notes, Scott. (laughs) What did you refer to? Oh, Mystical Crack
3: from Palm Springs. I was going to say Mystical Crack. Yeah, Yeah. I forgot about the Mystical Crack, but now that you both mention it. But also, Mystical Hole in the Floor that you crawl
1: through.
0: Honestly, Mystical Crack and Mystical Hole in the Floor are surprisingly similar. I think it's amazing how many times
3: 41's kind of being referenced to all these other movies, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> Just slipping that in soon.
2: I will say, I think it's less believable there's a Mystical Hole in a man-made building than there's one... In nature,
0: yes, I would agree with Agreed, that
3: entirely. Completely. So,
2: would we say forty-one is the is the other? Because, uh, as you said, James, girl who Left through time. At least they explain that it's future tech. So you kind of make some. And
3: there's a lot more kind of references to that as well. The the kind of walnut in all the other types of media that come with girl oh, okay through then. time is like. There's more explained. I think I think the girl who Left through time's way up there in terms of its technology. Maybe like a four
2: or like a five. I think I think,
3: yeah forty-one seems to me to be the oddest one in terms of the the real scientific ground it's someone's built a built a building around this time anomaly if you like and it just happens to be within the floor of a building it's very strange
0: i'm gonna gonna throw a wrench right in there straight away how dare you which is didn't he build the motel after he went back through that hole multiple times so the whole is a time travel device that he deliberately built something around i mean
2: i hate that even more now (laughs) which
0: which is why i'm gonna throw in even though i think i threw 41 in first i'm gonna (laughs) throw another one in there which is um jacket the jacket's
3: a really weird one isn't it it's a really weird place to be because
0: i don't know if
3: we ever determined what part of the the device is time traveling we don't we don't don't. it's not made clear it's left intentionally weird isn't it so i I think probably that's the weirdest one because if you can't tell it's not
2: a a kind of well laid out time travel device right you spoke about james at the end of the infinite man how there's a read a, a fairly obvious read i would say of the movie that there is no time travel and i think exactly the same is is present with the jacket there is a read of that movie where he goes in the box. And everything is a hallucination. Everything. And yeah. the re- you know, this, I'm dead in the future, hallucination. Kira Knightley, hallucination. You're, you know, the whole thing is a hallucination. You have just unfortunately been subjected to torture and they've made a movie out of it. And so there is a read of it that way. We choose not to read it that way, of course. But I think therein lies the, 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 the little bit of an issue in terms of trying to pinpoint. Yeah. What's the science or what's the mechanism at all? It also doesn't do itself any favours in terms of cross comparison with the fact that it's the only one that goes to the to the future yeah which i love it for i mean i'm i'm really glad we've got at least one Mm. you know what i mean it feels like there should definitely feels like there should be more than one let alone only one
3: 41 dodging another bullet there um where do you what do you think's right bang in the middle of it then bang in the middle of that scale. Sort of
2: like bread and butter time travel? Yeah, what's what's the most like... I'll follow you down I was going to say exactly that. I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Scientists and engineers working on a device that goes to the past. Yeah, exactly. Which it does.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's not one of those like, there's one particular genius scientist. I mean, there's one who's obviously up there and kind of has really helped to get developed. And it's not something that they don't understand. They clearly understand it. There's bits that they don't know why it happens, like the amnesia. But yeah, I think it's literally the exact middle of the road.
3: Yeah, it's got that balance because like you say there's the amnesia thing that kind of like comes into play but also at the same time they they there is a little bit of an attempt to put some scientific basis on it. They do that whole conversation about how the earth's rotation has moved and I think we did when we discussed it we said well that's it's not quite right but they're trying to. So I think yeah, banging that is like banging the center of that scale.
2: I can think of all of the There's the jazzy, interesting ones. There's the walnut. There's the milk tub. There's the, and these are devices, but there's in terms of how are they, in terms of how are they going back? I think of, and the fictional time travel that they're doing. I, I think of your I follow, I'll follow you downs and your curvatures, sciency machines built by scientists who had a purpose. Their purpose was time travel. I include primer in that as the peak of it. And then you're on the other side of the scale. You're more magical or whimsical kind of your jackets and your walnuts and your and and towards as we said the bottom of that scale I would say yeah the your your mystical cracks and your magical motel floors yeah now trend wise gentlemen in terms of all of the time travel that we've seen and in terms of all the different ways that it's been done was there anything else that you you noticed um any any kind of weird anomalies or intricacies or I'm, I'm surprised this happened more than once I'll I'll start us off I was surprised given, you know, how many forms of media have made a big deal of the sanctity of the timeline and how paradoxes are, you know, the time traveler's worst enemy. And these are these are terms and things that everyone kind of knows about. I was surprised with how few of the films have a problem with a change to the timeline. Straight off the bat, A Sound of Thunder. The whole movie, the problem is you've changed the timeline. Primer as well, early in the film club, episode one, big problems if you, you know, not necessarily change the timeline, but if you start messing around with the timeline, if you start editing things or creating things that, you know, you're then trying to wipe out. So, but aside from those two, a lot of the films, the point is we're trying to to change the timeline. And for those films, fine, that's your point. But there's a lot of movies that kind of don't care as well. I say a lot, you know, two or three.
0: Well, I think there's a few that don't let you get away with it. It's not a question of can you change the past or will you or should you? Things like Lost Chrono, there's no way to. No matter what he does, ultimately, he'll yeah. end up in this same situation. Yeah. Um, But I think it is an interesting trend that the films where the time travel is a problem, it also is the only reason the film exists. So the, <laughs> yeah. the, the other ones don't matter so much.
3: Prime is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because although it doesn't seem to matter in the end what happens to the timeline, the most important thing is that they are back in that box when, you know... so Sorry, let me rephrase that. I know what I'm trying to get to. Um, The most important thing within Primer's timeline is you have to be in that box for the loop to continue and to be able to come out at the end of it. If you're not in it, then there's a problem. So you can't bump into yourself and stop yourself from getting there at a certain time because it's all time related. Um, So it's a little bit different. And that's, you know, Primal is almost both ways. It's towards the end. They're trying to continue time, you know, like time traveling, but at the same time, don't mess with the rules. The rules are very important.
2: Yeah, at, well, at the same time, at the end of that movie, Abe is so much about the rules and Aaron wants to punch yeah. his boss in the face. Yeah. Abe also wants to, him to do that, but I mean, yeah. it's a whole but thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Controlled.
3: Mm. I think probably one of the reasons is that it's, it's the sensible way to, to write a time travel film. You go back in time, you make a mess of something, and that's your plot line. That's where you're focusing on. So it makes sense to force the people within the movie to try and fix it, because that's the interesting story there. It's not that you've gone back and trodden on a butterfly. It's what's happened to the butterfly.
0: Now, of course, that brings us to the loops, whereby each loop you can do changes, but ultimately they end up being refreshed at the end of the loop anyway. But a bit like the original, the, the first loop that I think we all think of, which is Groundhog Day, there's always a, a, not quite a moral message, but there's always a message in there somewhere of that something needs to change about the person Mm. in order for something to change about the world. So, for example, in Palm Springs, if it wasn't for the fact that Niles becomes a little bit less nihilistic and actually works on himself a bit, he would have ended up trapped there forever and she would have abandoned him. And then if we look at uh, ARQ, part of it is that he has to come to an understanding with her as to why she's kind of betraying him. And then ultimately, she's the one who wakes up first in that final scene at the end of the film. So I do think that But when we're talking about films that you can get away with it, films that you can't, and then films like loop films where it doesn't matter if you do because it gets reset. Ultimately, you're right. The reason these films happen is because something has to be changed.
3: As well, to kind of add to that as well, I feel like the time loop films are their kind of a, their own sort of genre anyway, because most of the time you're trying to escape the loop in a time loop movie. So, whatever happens, you are trying to find a way out. And that's the kind of focus of the movie. Rather than it being we're trying to correct something, they're trying to find what they need to make change or do differently to escape the loop. So, it's, it's kind of their own thing, really, aren't they?
2: it's 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 caging of your premise, mm. um and I think that four of the movies that have just been named uh, a couple times the the two everything always happened movies, Los Chrono and The Infinite Man, and the two time loop movies a r q and Palm Springs, both of them have a trapping of. Listen in in the everything happened movies, you can't edit anything, and in the time loop movies, you can do whatever you want and it's going to reset. and yeah. so there's trappings to it and it's funny that those movies are all fairly well regarded in the in in the rankings and they're high up and we, we we like everything about them. It's movies like a Sound of Thunder where they've allowed for changes and then oh my God, we have been able to change the timeline. We're going to deal with it and ironically, their movie borderline fell apart because they didn't have a grasp over everything.
0: I think a, a meta trend in these films, so not actually something taking place inside the films, but more with how the films have been made, a lot of Australians.
1: A lot of Australian-made <laughs> yeah, uh, right? time travel films. Right? Yeah.
0: Two, yeah. Of, two of our absolute favourites, I mean two from the top three, and then our potential
2: least favourite. How dare you. All Australian. Three of the 12 is, is a much more surprising amount than I would have thought, you know? Got a theory on that? Out of interest? I mean, I think that we as consumers of English language movies are—we only have like four or five countries that we're going to get our films from. British people don't seem to give a shit about time travel, can I say? Because no, I have—I haven't seen a British time travel. There's, there's one with like H.G. Wells and Jack the Ripper in it. I forget the name, but like, and that was wow. like in the seventies. Yeah. Um, as the TV show "Goodnight Sweetheart." I guess maybe, do you think it's maybe because they've got Doctor Who? And they're just like, well, that's all of our time. That
3: is, our, that's uh, all of our time. We travel. That yeah. bad boy up. That's a really good point, actually. It's you kind know? of like, maybe, maybe we, yeah, maybe that is that is our time travel thing
2: so you know britain aside it's going to be america canada yeah. australia or new zealand would love to see a new zealand based time I'd travel Love film. that, yeah from what i know about new zealand based cinema though they're interested in doing far weirder things they don't <laughs> give a damn about like paltry time travel they want to yeah. go far and wide but so yeah australia canada and america all three of which are represented here but what i will say is that is that, yeah, for two of the top three to be Australian, for Predestination to be a stealthy Australian, because I had no idea it was, because they got all the Australian actors to do American accents and they got Ethan Hawke and told him, no Australian accent for you. <laughs> so it, it got kind of in there under the radar. Before that, I was just holding up The Infinite Man as this beacon of Australian movie excellence.
3: Another situation, as well, by the way, where we, none of us discussed where we were going to get our movies from. 100% and right. And we still managed to pick movies that were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. I think is
2: it it six and six for American and not American? Because Um, we've got the three Australian ones. There's The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Los Crono Crimenes. So that's five. If you then give me one of the Canadian ones, give me the Canadian. What's the Canadian one? The jacket. The jacket was the Canadian No, I'll Follow You Down is the Canadian film. Mm. So give me, and I don't want I'll Follow You Down. I'd much (laughs) rather take the jacket, (laughs) by the way. But give me that. And so, yeah, Canadian uh, a good healthy smattering of Australian with some side dishes of Japanese and Spanish just to look over at the, at the more sort of bland American side of things. It's a, it's an elegant looking list and I'm glad we said it a couple of times, but I'm glad we sprinkled it around and that just by, just by happenstance, there are, there's a really nice degree of different international flavors on the list. That's the strongest and juiciest flavor of which being Australian, prime, <laughs> Australian prime rib. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So time travel wise we've gone upwards and downwards this entire list of 12. Let's settle it gentlemen, I want to know. I've got a couple of questions for you. I will go to Adam Hedges first, alphabetical. Adam, sure. what is your most liked form of time travel or style of time travel or representation of travel? however you like? What's your fave time travel in season one of the Time Travel Film Club?
3: I think my my most favorite sort of like type of time traveling that goes on in any of the films that we watch in this whole season is the moments when you time travel and you see yourself doing something else. Okay, yeah. So probably Lost Chrono Criminals is where I'm going with with this yeah. because I like the fact Hector is sort of part of this like bizarre run of time travel where he can see himself doing weird things and... They make no sense to him at that point, but then he has to put himself in that situation later on and work out what he's doing. There's the fantastic moment. We've talked about it tons of times. He's in the woods. He's opening his eyes. He's trying to find out where he's
2: supposed to be. A real high point of the real, world. real high yeah. point.
3: That's my favorite moment. I think in, in most of them. I mean, that's a kind of thing of its own, seeing yourself do something and learning from it or not learning from it being ahead. Um, I think that's my favorite kind of like, kind of way of of seeing time travel unravel on on
2: on screen james what would be top of your pile
0: so i've tried to think quite hard about this just while watching the films anyway because ultimately i do like films where as you've said adam you can see yourself doing something or the thing i really i suppose prefer about those is that the time travel links back to itself Mm. and I think that makes it quite a difficult decision for me for most of those films because there's always a the little problems which is why I'm coming kind of probably quite out of left field from what you might imagine here and I'm going to say that my favorite type is probably Palm Springs and the Loop
1: okay. which is
0: which is because I like the idea of being able to see the same scenarios again and again and again cool. changing little things and seeing how those little effects change something a bit of a butterfly effect scenario mm. where you might go, well, do you know what? I'm stuck in this loop. My next activity is I'm just going to steal the wedding cake, see what happens, Yeah. see how that changes the scenario. And I can build my own headcanon about what nonsense did Niles get up to <laughs> throughout the entirety of Palm Springs. Yeah. And so whilst it's also maybe the least realistic of all of them, I think that makes it my favourite in terms of actual style of time travel.
2: I very much see where you're coming from. I mean, time loop to me is synonymous for fun and you will definitely in a time loop movie. If you don't, the time loop movie's messed up. But in my opinion, you should definitely have some fun with it, you know, and see fun with it. And time travel should be fun. You should enjoy it and you should enjoy watching films about it. So, yeah, I, t- I totally get that. I, In terms of my favourite, I am not shitting you. I'm not messing you around. I'm not trying to be weird. Mine is A Sound of Thunders. Oh, my God. For the type of time travel they do, okay? I like a time travel movie where you go back you you do some stuff whether good or bad or they're trying to do nothing they're trying to not touch anything and just take some photos and shoot some ice uh, some nitrous frozen liquid bullets but they just they go back they do some stuff and then they come back to the time and they're like so let's see how it how it affected us right now and then if if it if it went badly go back again and try again it's one line there's not multiple lines and i like i love a good multiple line i love all the other stuff but i like go back Try some stuff. Come back. What's happened? Oh, it's gone. It's gone really bad. We're gonna try and need to get to the machine again, and that's the movies plot rather than the, than the time travel. But I think I thought about like time loop movies. Not my fave. Um, the weird massive paradox movies. I I love them, but I don't know how uh, they. They're not necessarily my favorite because they're they're this shocking awe construct as opposed to something I, I genuinely like. So I think of the movies where you go back, and I. I am. I feel agonizing for the characters who have to go back and live forward. So I then am left with the movies where you go back, you just, the tourism movies. It's, the, it's one of the three tourism movies. It's Jacket, it's I'll Follow You Down and it's The Sound of Thunder. I'll Follow You Down is fine, except for they added multiple tracks. So, you know, if you go back, change something, you're just going to, you're not going to go home. You're going to land in a new reality or a new timeline. And the jacket is almost inconsequential. It's just a bit of forward. So I'm left with after process of elimination, A Sound of Thunder, which I genuinely think of the time travel of it all. That's the one I like the most. In the movie, I arguably hated the most, ironically.
0: <laughs> okay, Adam, what would you say is your least favourite? So,
3: following on from what I've just said about, you know, I really like the idea of it, of a device that's been developed by man and it's for a certain purpose. I think, unfortunately, my least favourite method of time travel is the time travel that is happening to people that they aren't directly involved with. So the example I'm going to use is ARQ. So there is a time travel device in there that's kind of accidentally been invented. It's not the focus of what that device was intended to do. It's a kind of like accident that's happened as part of it. And people are stuck in, in this case, in ARQ's case, a time loop that isn't their fault. I like the movies where there's a device that's been invented and somebody uses it to travel in time. You
2: like intention.
3: I do. Um, I feel like it's, it, well, probably more realistically, if if human beings were ever to invent time travel, it would probably happen accidentally. And that is probably more likely to be the way it would work. I think from a kind of like science fiction fantasy point of view, I like it when somebody invents a time machine and uses it to go back in time or forward in time. And that's because I love Back to the Future from the very pit of my soul.
0: (laughs) Um, I think my least favourite is probably the style that we see
2: in Predestination. Yeah, I knew you'd hate this one the most.
1: Because
0: it, it has two things that I dislike. One is the idea of there being essentially time police. Maybe my me- least favourite idea of all when it comes to time travel, the idea of nipping backwards and forwards. Same problem I have with Umbrella Academy, which I still enjoy as a show, much as how I enjoy this as a film. And the other problem is the major paradox of the film, which is the idea that one character can be the father and mother of themselves. And that kind of, its I think it's called the information paradox, where you can't, know something because you've been told it. So the person can't exist because they created themselves. There's no start point. There's no ignition. There's no big bang. No, it's it just, just happening. It's constantly is only happening. Present, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, and, and yeah. that's
0: just and so because of that, it's just my least favorite style. Yeah. Even though it's one of my favorite films on the list. Yeah,
2: and again, uh, what's nice is that we're all kind of crisscrossing across different films. My least favorite is one of your favorite, James. It's Palm Springs. That's my least favorite of all of the time travel that we've seen. Mystic Crack. I like it the least because I like time loops. As a style of time travel, the least of of any that we've seen thus far. And of the two time loop films we've seen, ARQ and Palm Springs, ARQ at least, I think the, the way the characters travel fictionally of it being a really short loop and part of the problem is the shortness of that loop for them, whereas Palm Springs lost me a bit when they started to say that well no you can if you just stay awake you can go anywhere keep going if you can find a way to stay awake for three weeks you'll and stay alive for three weeks then your loop will go on for three weeks whereas sarah's will only go on for two hours and you both end up at the same point and so that i'm not saying i loved palm springs i thought it was such a good fun fun <laughs> film and it's a really yeah. good time travel film but if i was making a time travel film tomorrow i'd stay But very far away from that kind of thing, because it's Mm. just not it's just not what I want. I want the kind of like, yeah, I want traveling. I want decades loved predestination. That was almost going to be my this is the thing I love the most, because I do think that like having an impossible paradox I love that kind of weird stuff, even though I completely, I completely understand where James is coming from in terms of, yeah, but it's it just it wouldn't work because that's my problem with Palm Springs. I don't think it should work. So, yeah, yeah I, uh, I I love the fact that we've all got kind of different likes and dislikes. And I love the fact that there's so much to take away from the films that we don't like the style of time traveling. I'm going to ask you some quick fire faves and not faves. Time travel device, gentlemen. Which one sticks out to you? What's your fave? Which one would you like to buy and have in your garage? Favorite of me is Milk Tub.
0: Ah, oh, it makes perfect sense. That's where I'm at. You I did love me a Milk Tub. love me a Milk Tub. I'm a sucker for funfair and for. Uh, theme parks so <laughs> oblivion so don't i have to go for sound of
2: thunder <laughs> you know what i loved about oblivion was not the uh, in the movie <laughs> what i loved about a sound of thunder's oblivion i love that um water light board floor thing they've got yeah, ah, yeah. it's cool i i like that i think yeah. about it every now and then as like yeah i don't want to walk across this grass wouldn't it be nice to have like a light well you, you can't walk
3: across the grass you'll definitely change something that's the point of it right yeah. the I'll, second they stray I'll from the light bridge the that's it yeah <laughs> Scott, what's your favourite?
2: I do have a really fond place in my heart for the ARQ big donut whirring thing. I think it visually is quite impressive to look mm-hmm. at. It's ne- It was never going to be the MRI machine or it's never going to be anything kind of rooted in reality. It's not going to be the Primer machine. Do really like the Walnut, but the winner is going to have to be the Mystical Crack from Parker. <laughs> um, you love some Mystical you crack. love that Mystical Crack. I'm the exact inverse of you, Adam. Yeah. I love nature time because i yeah i I just think like yeah humans will invent it and they'll be able to control it and make it you know there'll be numbers on it and i'll have to go to but the nature one is just like just jump in just it's why i like the walnut thing because she uses the walnut and then she falls into like a time dimension it's all Mm. just a bit more kind of you don't have to have responsibility for setting the numbers and that's why i think i could use it (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, time travel diagram. There wasn't one in every film. There weren't good ones in every film. But when you think about time travel diagram from season one of the Time Travel Film Club, what pops to mind? My favourite straight away is
3: Lost Chrono Criminas, the kind of Z shape, A to B. Yeah, Dead simple, makes sense within its own world. Everything made sense with it. I and love exists
2: that. on the on the vertical it, axes as well, as not yeah. just horizontal.
3: Yeah, and weirdly enough, it it actually helps the characters within the film to understand it. Sometimes it's not really for... It's for the audience, not for... But it's used as a plot point rather than a something for us to understand.
0: Similarly, and I think it's probably a bit of a cheap. I think, primer. I like the A to B, the little loop. Ultimately, it's the only way to describe that film by just combining loads of those little loops together. (laughs) And you find those diagrams online and I love seeing all of them combined. So I think it's really simple. It's really obvious primer.
2: Mine is Palm Springs, hands down, because it exists three times in the movie. Niles does his um, candy bar analogy in which he uses his hands to draw the diagram. Then they get the tattoos, which are the diagram. And then finally, Sarah, having studied, draws the diagram. And it's, this, it's a diagram that has three uses across a movie. And so it's the most important diagram to any of the movies on the list. And it's the one that I think is the most impressive. Time travel trope. We had loads of time travel tropes. They didn't appear in every single movie. Some movies had barely any, some movies were chock a block. James, as the. What's the word when someone. Uh, Troponator. Uh,
0: um, as the Troponator,
2: yeah. James, as the curator of our trope museum, uh, what uh, is your favorite trope? As the Troponator,
0: I would say. Fuck <laughs> you, Scott. I would say my favorite. Um, my favorite trope is it's kind of tough call between two of them. I really like, and if this one w- wasn't one of mine, Bad Boys Love Time Travel <laughs> is one of my favourites. <laughs> I was going to say that. But, yeah, but yeah, ultimately, yeah. it's probably Handsome Engineer. I just think yeah. the idea of it's always the handsome engineer who comes up with time travel. <laughs> it's not the nerds, the boffins in the other rooms. It's the yeah. guy with his hands on the equipment. Oh, my.
2: <laughs> Warm Adam, here. what is your favourite joke?
3: I think my, my favourite out of all of them is the convincer chat. I think okay. that... It's such a wonderful moment when you're watching a time travel film. That first moment, somebody tries to convince somebody else that they've time traveled. Because if it was real life and I was trying to convince one of you two that I had time traveled, how's that going to go? That's like the really wild moment in the movie. We're, we're hard to convince as well. Your friend your friend that you talk to either reports you to the police for being insane <laughs> or gets on board with it. It's a yeah. wild card. You don't know what's going to happen.
2: And a virtual ever-present trope-wise, it's the probably the most in every movie. You get some variation oh, yeah. on a convinced chat. You won't always get the pivotal phone call. You won't always get the the mold of ages. You won't always get. We were trying to make renewal e- bleh, renewable energy. But you will always get that uh, convincing and So it's really nice as a way of tracking across the movies, the levels to which people will go to, to explain things and the levels to which people will happily accept or completely deny the existence of time travel. So yeah, I think, um, I think the pivotal phone call is, is really good. My favourite is Daddy's Done It First.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Because I think it's so
2: dumb. <laughs> yeah,
3: It's so stupid. Screenwriters
2: really across America and apparently somewhat in Australia yeah. just uh, they all have daddy issues and they all need to get over the fact I mean granted because of Hollywood's nepotism a lot of the screenwriters in Hollywood their fathers were screenwriters before them. Oh yeah. and it's the
0: easiest way to get out of right well how do we get them to come up with time travel? No they, 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 don't. they don't. Their Somebody's dad already done it. came up with it so they
2: just copy what their dad did yeah it, it shines a light on i'll follow you down as the movie where daddy did do it first but he really pissed you off didn't he <laughs> <laughs> so i think yeah but i love all of the tropes it's a really nice catalog mm. and i i look i look forward to adding some more in the future
3: and amazing how many of those tropes are in every film as well oh, like so many so many it was it was a real nice thing to witness yeah
2: and gentlemen to round off who is your favorite character across Let-
3: let's sorry let's start with you first scott Who who's your favorite oh. character out of everybody I'm, i think i know who it is
0: i i kind of want us to all try and say the same character at the same time okay. and see if we
2: all agree on okay. who our favorite
0: character
3: is okay
2: then three two one hey terry. Terry. Oh, <laughs> no! oh, i right,
1: yes. oh. mean i
3: win no yeah i knew you i knew you were gonna
2: say terry um terry I, is my terry's my mvp he's my team captain he's my uh you know he's He's everything I want <laughs> in a character <laughs> in a movie. Now, I have a real soft spot for a lot of characters in these films. Yeah. I have a real soft spot for, for, uh, Makoto in, in The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. I love Sarah in Palm Springs. I love the kind of vim and vigor and determination that she's got. I even like, as much as I think he's like too handsome and a bit of a weird guy, Renton from ARQ seems like a, <laughs> yeah. seems yeah. like a cool dude. Um, but my favorite character in the time travel film club to take it back to day dot. Is Abe? I I like Abe, and I like the mentality he has. I like how much he cares about his friends. I like how much he cares about the sanctity of time. I like the fact that he's really prepared for time travel. And as much as like I love Terry, I would want to time travel with Abe. And the reason I chose Hector from (laughs) Chrono
3: Criminals was was basically because I feel like out of everybody in every character we've ever watched on film, he suffers the most. (laughs) <laughs> throughout it and and so you uh, can
2: so you can relate <laughs> so you can, i can relate
3: because i suffer on a daily basis with my time travel um now i feel like he's he's he goes on the the kind of like most wild journey in such a short space of time that he's just a brilliant character and you can't you can't help but feel for him as it's happening to him i think that's probably why i chose that one
0: I think uh, I would almost always say Terry, but that is a little bit of a, a joke, I suppose, <laughs> just because he's he's not really the main character or one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, I actually would find it quite hard. It's between two for me. It's actually between one of the dads who did it first, which is Gabe in I'll Follow You Down. Daddy
2: Gabe? Because Daddy I Gabe. Did not see No. I've I did got, not see anyone selecting anyone from I'll Follow You Down. No. I've
0: got great logic for it, though, which okay. is that, He's the only person who invented time travel and went, right, I know what to do with it. He invented (laughs) time travel and was going to go back and say, Einstein, we need to make sure people don't ever use time travel. Love it. But ultimately, it's Sarah. Because of all the characters, she has the most character growth throughout the film. She goes from being essentially a bit character in her own life to not only being the main character, but to being the person who has the most control over their lives of anyone in any of the films. That's really good. That makes a lot of sense.
2: Who do you think is the biggest dickhead uh, in the in the full list of twelve? Aaron's
0: an easy one to put Aaron at the top of, of that
2: prick. list. Aaron is a proper dickhead. Yeah, I. It's, it's so difficult to find
3: anything redeeming by the end of Aaron's arc, whereas Abe's arc pretty pretty balanced. Yeah, Aaron is he's got a mission. And he doesn't. Nothing's stopping him from completing that motion.
2: There are like traditional bad guys. There's um, Glenn was character in Curvature, the one who kills—I forget mm-hmm. his name—but the guy who kills her husband in Curvature. He's yeah. like a, a traditional bad guy. And yeah. there are there's antagonists, you know, sprinkled around. There's the the bad doctor um, Chris Christopherson in uh, in Thing, who is like he's high up there in terms of moral. Oh, a piece rep- of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah mor-
3: morally, very, very big uh, dick.
2: Awkward. Um, not that he has one. I mean, he is one, but. <laughs> Well, we I don't know. I don't know. You might. Know. Like a, like a, wanna...
0: No, no. We could we could take this back. Like a Greek gorgon. He's one of those, He's just got like a massive phlegm <laughs> because he's an evil character. <laughs> right. yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Yeah. Fantastic. Um. So there are bad guys sprinkled around, but Aaron is a betrayer. Yeah. Aaron is. He starts off on your team and takes a bad turn. He takes the wrong turn. So I think that yeah, Aaron is probably the biggest dick. Um. I thought Aiden from Forty One was. Yeah, a hero, mm, yeah. A hero a amongst men. Uh, uh, He's a bit of a <laughs> Aiden
0: Aiden falls in the same area as Errol, uh, to me, where the, the okay, two yeah, of them yeah. are just kind of just prattish. Yeah, they've just they've got their own motivation and it's wrong. It's just yeah, I'm sorry, just your motivation sense, is yeah. wrong.
3: The the thing about Aaron as well in Primer, which I I've, I've thought about recently, is how quickly he decides to start using it for himself. Yeah. How yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. he swaps from we've just invented time travel, me and my best pal. We, we I mean, hey, we've just invented time travel. No, I'm just gonna build another box and yep. fuck your life there's up. There's a there's more
2: <laughs> there is more nourishing a relationship between Rudy and and Jack in the jacket <laughs>
1: than there is between Aiden and Aiden. I, <laughs> oh, I um, should yeah. forget about Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
2: as I was writing down like the list of all the characters and trying to work out who was my favorite and Terry was obviously bolded underlined four times and at the top of the list, I started to think, how would these, how would some of the, you know, I wrote down like my short list. I had a short list of all the characters that I thought were super interesting and that I would like to not necessarily see again, but possibly see again, not in real life. I don't want to know any of these people, (laughs) but I did, as I had this list, I thought, imagine if they were, a special ops team together.
3: <laughs> Are you putting together a time travel expendables? It's a
2: time travel expendables. Okay, right. Okay, so my time travel expendables led by Charles Hatton. And his hair from A Sound of Thunder. The yeah. most, you know, administrative, money-hungry, forthright man. They're two characters, by the way. Charles Hatton and his hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. Now, he's sort of like the Nick Fury. He's the one behind the scenes assembling them all together. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Avengers. Yeah, he looks just okay. like okay. Nick Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, in line with my fave character, my Captain America, my, my head of the team is Abe. The most, you know, forthright guy. Also just like a bog-standard human as uh-huh. well. I've then got, as my muscle, Terry, of course. Basically encrypted. yep. Exactly. The Hulk on the team. I've got, as my Iron Man, I've got the Bandaged Man. Right. Because both men cover themselves up with stuff. Although I'm envisaging the Bandaged Man as like my stealth guy. Like he's gonna, you know, cause you can't see his face. So he gets sure. to. You know- <laughs> <You can't- laughs> the the
3: most important thing about stealth is that when people look at you they can't see what you're like horrifically
2: injured man yeah yeah (laughs) i'm picturing the invisible man but when you can see him
3: yeah only in hospitals is he invisible
2: I've got, as my kind of like X-Factor, my Wolverine, my rogue, the one you don't know what's going to... I've got the bald weirdo from 41. Oh, yeah. Okay. Specifically the bald weirdo when he's jumping up and down on the bed with the knife and and growling with the scotch. <laughs> ah, I'm going to come for you. I cool. want that guy on my team. And at all points, he has to feel that way. I've got Hannah from ARQ, because I think we forget just how happily and easily she kerosened a man to death. That she is did really, burn yeah. a man to death. This was almost Renton, but I think that Hannah is actually the more kind of like the more militant. She's your one. wild card. Yeah, does, yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: Renton does the, um, the electric punch and he does the cyanide on, on the people and things. So like Renton's there, but it's Hannah that I think would be the one to make the kill shot. And then to last, to, to round them all out, a man who has genuinely shown us that he is capable of hunting opposition. It's your boy, Roy. Oh, yeah, the Roy. the, the yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye on the team. <laughs> Roy Roy's the Hawkeye, yeah. yeah
3: definitely. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's Those so are good. my
2: time travel yeah. expendables slash Avengers slash Black Ops. You're lucky I went with that. I was almost going to do a British cabinet of the time travel <laughs> people. And I was going to say, well, you've definitely got the guy from Predestination as the Chancellor of the shit. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to slightly rework your idea, if that's okay. Please. And go for my Ocean's Eleven style team fantastic so more to do with the, how they could pull off a single kind of one-off heist mission yeah um and again your boy terry is <laughs> front and center of this team he is he's, he's a he's,
2: multi-franchise man
0: <laughs> he's very much the he's the the face of the team he's the one people are coming at he doesn't really know what the plan is he's just there to be looked at to be understood whatever yeah then much as you've uh pushed him to the side in favour of his female counterpart. I've got to go for Renton mm-hmm. as the ideas man. He's the guy with the tech. He's the guy who knows what's going Strong. on. He's the one who is helping us infiltrate. Speaking of helping us infiltrate, I then think we need some proper brains behind the the whole operation,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: is why I'm going to go for Sarah.
2: Yeah, good call. Get her
0: out there as the brains. She's thinking about what I we're I thought doing. you were going
2: to say Errol for a second because he is a genius in the movie. but
0: I considered Errol, but I just get the feeling that I don't know if you've ever played Grand Theft Auto. I have five. Yeah. I just get the feeling that you'd be in a very similar situation where he's just such a do a, a negative person and even if he's got the ideas and the maths and whatever, I just don't want him around. Yeah. You know? No just, one's uh, following his ideas. No. They're just gonna,
2: oh god, this guy's miserable.
0: Yeah. Um and so I think then just to kind of um round out the whole team, um, similar to your idea of having him in for stealth.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, stealth infiltration (laughs) more like
0: i've got him as no one would ever pick up that he's one of the team hector hector's just there to basically be nonchalant no one no one sees him he's the old guy sitting at the bar having a a decoy a bit of a decoy yeah Yeah. but what you don't realize is that what's what's secretly going on with him is he does the bag transfer he Ah. he trips he bumps into you you with his car he does the bag transfer (laughs) that's
2: good and then the money's lost and then there you're done yeah and he just walks out and it was not that ugly weird guy yeah Adam you've been furiously oh, scribbling man, I'm furiously I scribbling so down. excited
3: right I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to take it to the next level so I've written my five rock band members that I would <laughs> I would have them as fantastic so uh I've definitely got my front man obviously big boy Terry straight yes. up the front. oh my you God. know he's screaming multi-franchise Terry and then I've got uh, I've got old reliable Hector on on bass guitar. He's like slow and steady and methodical. He's and, a lot as well. But yeah. he can he can flip out a few kind of bass riffs if he wants to. He's he's there. He's that kind of man. On drums, it's our infinite loop boy. It's Niles. He's he knows what every single drum loop like like. <laughs> he's like straight he's been in working there. Working and working and working. Yeah, and yeah, working. yeah. yeah that's good. Uh, uh, for my lead guitarist, uh, I've forgotten his name. What's fucking what's his the character's name? Which one? Um, Errol. Haley Joel Osman or Errol? So, as my lead guitarist in my band, I'm going to have Errol from "I'll Follow You Down." <laughs> oh, it's an
0: emo band. Sit, <laughs> who's your band? The Cure? sits in his basement
3: learning fucking music. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then just as like an extra, you know, like the Happy Mondays have Bez, yes. who just dances oh, with who's them. Who's the Bez? Uh, Jack from Jack, Jackie, and the Jacket <laughs> in his like in his like straight jacket, and, like dancing around the side of stage. I'd watch that. That'd be a great. That'd be a great gig. <laughs>
0: I like how you didn't call it the jacket. It was
3: Jack Jackie in the
2: jacket. Jack Jackie in the jacket. Jack Jackie yeah. <laughs> in the jacket. Well, I hope that my security detail enforcers can work security at your concert sure they Adam, can. while it's being heisted by James's Elite yeah. Squad. And <laughs> what, what a movie. Very timely oh. movie. I know. <laughs> now, boys, we're all good lovers of trivia. We love a bit of film trivia. We love a lot of the trivia about the films we've covered. I'm sure we will have a couple of little trivia points, so I thought it might be nice to have a little pop quiz, just just throw bits and pieces back and forth. I will start you off. How many of these films, guys, do you think have real people in them? Ooh. Real good, good, people? Real yeah. people.
0: I've, one springs to mind straight away. Palm Springs has um, The Scientist, The Consultant. Uh, oh, uh,
2: springs is one of them. Okay. Um there's a big one he's not in the movie but he's referenced I will take a reference
0: oh, uh Dinner with Einstein oh, of course. Einstein. Yeah, yeah yeah
3: so a couple then just two
2: it's just those two cool. there are there are no mentions of other real people unless you're willing to count Feynman from Primer when he mentions the Feynman mm-hmm. diagram it's a very very small reference yeah. but Palm Springs is of note because they actually have a real world real life right now person in the movie and then Einstein is just mentioned but uh but that's it. I would have thought it would be more but but it is not surprising actually, yeah. Uh how many of the
3: films on our list were adapted from novels or other media? I'm going to tell you
2: other media. Oh, good question. Uh, I mean I the jacket, I know I know that the ja- there, there's the there's the old book ones which are A Sound of Thunder the Jacket and what was the other old book one? Um A Sound of Thunder the Jacket and Oh Predestination we just spoke about it. Nice. old, yes, old course. book
0: uh, and then there's also the girl who slept through time, which is
2: <laughs> so much media. Every yeah. single piece right. of media you can imagine. An adaptation yeah. of an adaptation of an adaptation.
3: Yeah, bang on four. Four of our list were were
2: that kind of category. It's a good, healthy chunk. To yeah. be honest, it's a good, healthy chunk. Yeah. and it's from like old books. They're not just remakes of movies from 15 years ago. You know.
0: Interesting question here. There are three, maybe four films on this list, wherein I don't think time travel is strictly necessary for the purpose of the film. Oh, that's
2: good. Oh, that's,
0: yeah, that's, um... I think two are maybe more obvious than others.
2: So time travel is not needed to cure the problem that's presented in the film.
0: Or perhaps is not necessarily even in the film.
2: Okay.
3: Jack, Jackie and the Jacket. And the most jacket. obvious. Yeah. And the Infinite and Man. And the Infinite Man.
0: Two, the two easily the most obvious ones. Yeah. Jack, Jackie and the Jacket, we've talked about before. It could just be that he's hallucinating the whole thing. And the Infinite Man, he almost even says in the film that it's kind of just a recording of what's happening around him. It's not really, like, genuine time travel.
2: It's 41, one of them, because in 41, there's no problem if he just doesn't do anything. Uh, His girlfriend doesn't die. He doesn't get arrested. He just doesn't go to that motel and everything's fine.
0: That is quite a good point. That wasn't. That wasn't one of the ones. Well, you found a know. bonus one. But, but that's that's not a bad shout. No, I think that's, that's, But I don't
2: know if that's necessarily what you there meant. There wouldn't have been not...
0: a story, really. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. There.
2: Go on, tell me. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm clueless.
0: So the the main other one that I thought was a, a potential one would have been curvature. If you think about the point of curvature, because of her amnesia, the the only time travel that really matters is that at the very end she has travelled back to give herself a wrench or something to help her get out of the handcuffs.
2: That's a very, yeah, that oh, is yeah. a good point. You're not, yeah, Re- yeah, yeah really, you're right.
0: The whole film could just be her husband having left her clues after he knew that something bad was going to happen mm. to him. And she just follows them back to find, oh, well, obviously the reason he's dead is because of this technology that he helped work on.
2: Curvage, yeah, you're right. Curvage is a really interesting example of, did you have a time, an idea of time travel and then you crafted a story around this, or did you have a story and you and just you sandwiched thought, the time travel? Yeah, in? we need a reason for
3: it to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. that is a good point, yeah.
2: And mm.
0: bonus to throw in there, ARQ. ARQ, if you just have it so that there's no loops, it's just a kind of home invasion to steal yeah, some a, technology. A day in the life. Yeah. You, you could ultimately have almost the exact same film without any of the loops in and just have it be... Because there's a, there's a whole world in ARQ that you kind of miss out on. Yeah, there's because a, there's big stories out there. Los and Angeles,
2: you, Australia... Yeah, the there's a weird Kuru post-apocalyptic virus. like
3: Mad Max vibe going on in the whole thing that yeah. like, yeah.
0: So yeah, I'd say that those, those three films in particular, you could just do away with the time travel and maybe even improve those films?
2: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> One of my ones that I noticed is which movie on this list doesn't have a scientist in it? At all. Nope. I mean, it has people who would technically have had to study some science, but I'm talking in terms of the scientists that we know make time travel, your engineers and your physicists.
0: Well, we've got engineers in Primer and ARQ and Sound of Thunder. We've got all kinds of people yep. backwards and forwards. Lost Chrono, he's dealing with an engineer that he has to speak to. Yeah, so
2: yeah. Lost Chrono's really tenuous because we did wonder is he yeah. a, a cleaner or a temp the, or.
3: The jacket. Kind of has scientists, but they're more medical, kind of
0: and, in a way. But then I'd say also 41 has, I suppose, some physicists who have a chat as
2: philosophers. Originally, I was like, it's the jacket and 41. Because yeah. the jacket, in my opinion, not a scientist. There's time travel, Fair. and there's never a, a scientist to be like, oh, I invented it, or I'd like to study it, or I wonder what happened here. There's nothing. They're put in the device by some nurses, some orderlies, and then it's up to him by himself. What's Jack? Jack's just a soldier. He has no idea what's going on. And there's never anyone to inform him about the science of what's going on because there's no scientist. 41 got away with it just because of the academic uh, wine <laughs> chatting yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where I am led to believe at least one of those three men, would be a scientist. I think or one of an engineer. them is a physicist. Yes. Yeah. Is, is there anyone in the girl who up through time?
0: I think the the whole point is that it's at a school, so that kind of is part of it. But also the guy who comes back with the walnut. He at least has some working knowledge of the engineering. It's behind a good mention, it though.
2: Mm. It's a good mention. I thought you got me for a second there because yeah. I was like, "Yeah," but then she's taught science in a science lesson okay. by a scientist, so I have okay. covered it. Just yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's tenuous, but again, like forty-one, it's kind of loosely. Covered. I think
2: it's it's less less interesting as a fact itself and more just a statement about the jacket it's mm. almost
0: like where is there no expert there's experts yeah. in almost every film there's there's no expert in the jacket there's no one who knows what's going on no one who even has a philosophy degree
2: and in in speaking of experts at least in the girl who leapt through time her aunt is an expert not a scientist but an expert oh that's true, that yeah, true well. she's, yeah yeah
3: she's done it all before so yeah i guess that's kind of i was yeah. just about
2: to say god i'd love to watch a movie about her aunt and they're literally there is one. There is, there's <laughs> like
3: 30 <laughs> <laughs> How many?
0: man-made time travel devices do we have
2: is it all of them apart from palm springs
0: and 41 we don't know because we don't know if he built it around
2: around something mystical yeah. or just, and the jacket yeah. we don't
3: know what that's about either
2: that's true yeah i guess so i mean a jacket yeah
0: do, is it man-made because if it's in his head is it man-made
2: i guess <laughs> i guess <laughs> that's or, nice almost it's like which ones do we know are built if that yes. makes sense yes. yeah i so, think
3: more specifically i'm thinking Dock building the DeLorean. Yes.
2: Okay. So Primer, yes. device has been made. Primer, yes. Arc, yes. I'll follow you down, yes. Infinite Man, yes. Curvature, we know it's been made. So, I don't know, maybe like eight out of the 12? Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. I think it's the ones that are not boringly man-made that stand out as like Hmm. oh wow also though i will say predestination that violin needs to get some shine it's a really nice device it's a really fun thing i think that you know we don't it's not like this big it's not an mri machine or a a box with wires and padding and plates and all that it's just a violin case so it's kind of like quantum leapy low grady yeah yeah. Yeah, so so yeah
0: okay so we've been talking about if someone actually made a machine and, you know, whether or not there's a scientist. Who do we think is the kind of pinnacle of STEM in all of these films? Like, there's a few different people who are obviously geniuses in one way or another, you know, maths, engineering. Who do we think is like the pinnacle of a field?
2: It's interesting because... I've mentioned earlier on that Errol in I'll Follow You Down is a genius. The movie tells us he's a genius. It shows us in kind of cliched scenes that he's a genius. And yet, I don't think any of us want him to be a genius or, or view him as someone who's like of that kind of genius variety. Who do I think is the Who do we think is the best? The best scientist. Straight away, I think of Renton. Renton is very accomplished, has invented something very, very astounding and is young and is very, very accomplished, very handsome. So I do, yeah, I think Renton's right there. Travis in A Sound of Thunder labored with a, a, a weird, crappy film and a very bizarre set of circumstances, but definitely does at least seem accomplished and, and tenured and, and, and studied. A little counter
3: argument to your Renton. The only thing I will say he's is he's a
0: bum.
1: He's,
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's not invented what he intentionally invented decided to invent true Has the same it? problem
0: you had with this
2: earlier yeah so primer primer was it's the my same problem this
3: is like what i have an issue with i i agree i think out of out of everybody he's the most obvious to be at the top of his field he's obviously done something quite incredible but he hasn't done what he intended to so i
2: say fire him is it uh helen's husband in curvature
0: he is her husband and he has helped develop her <laughs>
3: mate. he is her husband i'm trying, I'm trying to try to think
0: a way of wording it yes and he is the engineer that he's not basically helped to develop it
2: he's not a main character so i guess he's almost disqualified from contention but i just say this as he's someone who we know invented time travel and didn't do anything bad with it as opposed to the yeah. other people who do just just got murdered
3: for it yeah so yeah, he's he's a good contender. Gabe's I think. a
2: good contender because he invents time travel but also thinks of failsafes and thinks of putting in place rules and methods and wants to go and, and, and wants to have dinner with Einstein, himself a very good scientist. So to hang with Einie Winey, you'd have to bring some. I, I remember what about, that, yeah. what about
3: uh, Charles Hatton? <laughs> Pure, <laughs> purely for the fact that he's managed to monetize it.
2: <laughs> well he's, he's
1: the it anti-gravity
3: into a on his a hair. scientists. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's a weird one that one because I I don't think I don't think any of them are particularly good examples of where their devices have been successful. Things have always gone wrong.
2: I think if you put them all into like a a tournament, like a World Cup tournament and they sure. all have to face off against each other, the final bracket in the finals, I think weirdly is Renton and Travis from A Sound of Thunder and ARQ. Because to time, no sign no 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 big scientist. No. Forty-one, no big scientist. Palm Springs, no big scientist, although Sarah's accomplishment is incredibly impressive. I'll follow you down, as we've said. If you're gonna take Gabe, then you have to take his son because his son is smarter than he is. There's generational improvement on intelligence in that film. So you have to take Errol. So you're talking Errol, Renton, Trent, uh, tra- Trent, Travis, and no one from predestination. They're an agent and a, and a and a confessions writer. They're not scientists. Now you've mentioned Sarah,
3: she teaches herself quantum physics. Yeah, she. Uh, she. It's another like- she's taught
2: herself it. Is, is uh, yeah. She gets herself to yeah, yeah mm. uh, the same Even if she's just got herself to the same level As Renton and Travis mm. She did it self-taught Which is arguably more impressive um mm. It's a really interesting question When Very you think about it when you think And there's about
0: no it. real answer I mean I think you, you probably could argue Scott Errol is a great choice For the same reasons yeah. you said He's genuinely like a, a maths genius Maybe Gabe he's the only one that we know Kind of single-handedly Definitely developed a real working time machine based on some of the things that happen elsewhere. We don't know who developed them or whatever. Um, And then actually, Adam, I agree with you. I think Sarah is genuinely a really good choice. She's Whether or not she knew she had the capacity to learn, Mm. she certainly proves that she can become an expert in something well enough that real experts in the field go, oh, wow, you've hit the nail on the head there.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'd also like honorary mention for Aidan, who manages to build a time travel motel and operate a small business at the same time. Good for him. (laughs) I knew he'd come back. (laughs) I will follow on from that quite smoothly with, in all of these 12 movies, guys, who do you think is the best time traveler? If you were awarding a gold medal for time travel to someone in these 12 movies, who gets your gold for how well they did the time travel, not how well they invented it or anything like that? as a time traveller, best performance?
0: Fizzle bomber. I mean, I don't think there's a way if to argue. If you're into that sort like, of thing. Uh, a- a-ka, yeah. a- A.K.A. four other people yeah. in that yeah. movie. <laughs> think about the amount of different ways that person time travels, how many times they time travel. The fact that they go forwards, they go backwards. They understand the inherent problems of paradoxes. Ultimately, they do go mad towards the end, but they fulfil their own prophecy. They uh, They... I mean, the whole point of the film is the predestination. I think it's it's gonna have to be the Fizzly Bomber.
2: It's definitely high performance for the Fizzly Bomber in terms of like output of time travel for yeah, sure. My suggestion would be, and I hate
3: myself for saying this, I think Errol is a very successful time travel traveler. <laughs> he kills right.
2: himself at the end, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, I mean, he gets what so, he wants, but he suffers
3: for it. <laughs> he manages to build a time machine, yeah,
0: based on his dad.
3: He manages to do it, though. <laughs> Give him some credit. Team Gabe over here. Team Gabe. He goes back in time. He deals with the situation. When he comes back, things have changed for the better, we think.
0: So he succeeds in his mission. He is successful. He's one of the few that we can say yes, one of the few that we can succeeds. actually say
3: he changes it and it fixes things and things are back to how they would have been had his father not time-travelled. He achieved what he wanted to achieve. Which is...
2: Is it not the point of time travel? You're not wrong at all. You're I hate making... myself for saying no, no, it. I think I'm really, disgusting. It's a, I was going to say Gabe at one point, yeah. uh, but because he, he has an idea in mind and he goes back and he achieves the idea, but then obviously something goes wrong. So mm. you unfortunately are left with Errol. The other Helen in Curvature is also, you know, she's not the time yeah. traveler. I know the Amnesiac is the time traveler, but the way they work together at least is somewhat accomplished. And in terms of working with the time travel, I think is quite impressive.
0: And it's impressive that despite being an amnesiac, she manages to do exactly what she's supposed to do at every passing moment.
3: An honourable mention, I think, uh, Girl Who Leapt Through Time, she nails time travel quickly.
0: She She does does. have to learn a major lesson. She does. And
3: she does learn that lesson.
0: But she does learn the lesson in the end.
2: And she has a lot come at her hard and fast in terms of, what was his name, Chiaki? Yeah, Chiaki Mm. and the reveal of Chiaki's from the future. And so, and then there's that whole bit in that movie with she uses her last one, but then he uses his last one to overwrite her last Mm. one and her using her last one now overwrites his and blah, 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 blah. And so all of that and passing all of that as a 16, 17 year old girl is impressive in and of itself. I'm tempted to settle back on Abe, Not that he has success, but that he, by the end of his movie, there's such an obvious divide in between. That's the guy Mm -hmm. who's messing around and that's the guy who's doing things properly. And he does have a a grasp, but he, he suffers for it. Um. I'll also honorary mention to Dean, Dean, the Dean machine, because uh, as much as he really did struggle and suffer with it, the amount that man had to go through with all those living through years at a time and just at the drop of a hat having to, oh, I guess I've got to go and do this whole year again then. So, so, yeah, but I, I yeah, most successful time travels. I I think it's a really subjective question. I don't think there's a, a thing, but um. But also the correct answers to the Fizzle Bomber. Because- the answer is the Fizzle Bomber. Yeah. Damn it! I thought we were all going to settle there. I've got one final
3: question for you. Okay. I'm going to throw it at you now. Who's the best lover? <laughs> fizzle Bomber. He's-
1: <laughs> no, he's
3: the most efficient lover.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, hang on, I've got logic. I, this, it was a joke, but I've worked it out. Okay. Fizzle Bomber understands the needs of both sexes.
2: I don't want you
3: to be right. I don't want that to be what we end on. The
2: virile fizzle (laughs) bummer. Who's the best lover? Okay, so it is not Travis from A Sound of Thunder. Mm -hmm. He is probably pretty decent in the sack, I imagine, but he doesn't treat them well afterwards. We see that in the movie, which you don't see in a bunch Mm -hmm. of movies. It is not Aaron because he gaslights his girlfriend into thinking that the attic has been been fully rat and birded. Oh, it Um, could be Renton. Renton... Has a you know he's he's uh, Sarah uh, Sarah Hannah is his ex but still has feelings for yeah. him and there's still love there and by the end of the movie they do kind of rekindle so there's there's definitely some juice there for sure it's definitely not Errol and I'll follow you down it is not Errol not and even though time, he no. fathers a child he does it while crying so yeah,
0: it's not not great. Errol <laughs> not great. Um, I yeah. also
2: don't think it's Niles because he's such a sad boy. So even though he and Sarah, they get together. I just don't want to give it to Niles. But it
0: might be Sarah because he says he's visited her thousands of times.
2: It might be. Ooh, maybe it is Sarah. Maybe it's Roy. He's got three kids and a house in Irvine. That's true. That I hear is rocking.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to push you for an answer. Who is it?
2: I'm trying to. Okay. Let me just go to the core of this question. Who would I most want to be with? It's not the
1: question. <laughs> that- no, that's the question. No, no, no. Adam. No, no, I know Adam, I know Adam know the question. I most one okay.
2: with um you can't say Terry. Rudy, no. <laughs> <laughs> um I who's the best lover? Hector oh yes yeah, do you remember the lovely sex shell. yeah remember the lovely sex yeah it's the nicest form of sex we see in any or any kind of it's it's not yeah. dirty it's not hard it's not sweaty it's not meant to look better than it is it's just a married couple who've been together for a while also having, who still love each other yeah, yeah, yeah and, and they're just going at it on a sofa
3: and hector is trying all the way through that film to keep his marriage intact yeah. as well right
2: so i it's think i think hector. i think it's hector yeah
3: yeah yeah, or the Fizzle Bomber. <laughs> probably every answer is the Fizzle Bomber.
0: Fizzle Bomber.
2: Okay, trivia. Trivia time's over. That brings us to the end of our our summary of all of these movies and all of this time travel and all of what we liked and what we didn't like and all the weird random bits in between. All of the designations, all of the science, all of the trends, all of that stuff. This is in a normal episode, guys, where we would be ranking. We would be getting to some ranking. We've obviously done that ranking, but I wanted to talk a little bit about those rankings uh, and and the order that we've put these films in. We see it in front of us now. We have Primer in first place, The Infinite Man in second, Predestination in third, Los Crono Crimenes in fourth, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time in fifth, and Palm Springs in sixth. We then have, with the second half of the rankings, ARQ in seventh, Curvature in eighth, I'll Follow You Down ninth, The Jacket tenth, a sound of thunder 11th and finally bringing up the rear in 12th place we have 41 so just very broad guys how do you how do you feel about that list uh it's we worked hard to work out where everything went and i i still firmly believe in our rankings and we all agreed upon everything together but how do you now that you can see the full 12 how are you feeling
0: honestly looking at it the top five i'm fully happy with those being the top five the bottom five fully happy with those being the bottom five and the two in the middle i wish that they both were higher but they can't be because the top five are those better being, than them those
2: being palm springs and arq at six seven
0: yeah exactly i wish that they were able to go higher but the list is so good above them that i can't
2: yeah. it's weird they're almost
3: the top of their own list that's kind of like the, our our top five that we've chosen are there's no doubt they are yeah. the best time travel films that we've watched the
2: barrier is in fifth place is the girl who leapt through time and yeah. i think we all know that that is a better time travel and a better movie than palm springs no matter yeah. how good palm springs is and as you said it just gets really chock-a-block at the top of this list where you've got very fun worthwhile films like palm springs and arq both time loop films by the way as an as an odd way it's worked out but both of them as you said james could and maybe should be higher but They just can't be.
0: And then I look at the bottom end of the list and there's a lot of guff down the bottom. But I do sometimes wonder if we were maybe a little too harsh on 41. Right. (laughs) Now. Now, Adam hasn't paid me to say this.
3: I haven't paid you to say this. I think you're right, James. I think 41 is a better film than Sound of Thunder. I have thought that for a while. And the reason for that is... At least it's coherent, which Sound of Thunder is not. Towards the end of Sound of Thunder, and you can tell from listening to our podcast back, it loses its way at about the 25 minute from the end mark, and it's, it's fucking incomprehensible. It just makes no sense.
0: And we are still, to this day, talking about 41.
3: We still Whether- talk about Sound of Thunder, but we found a lot of links between other films and 41.
2: And 41 is a bread and butter time travel movie, which we so value in this club. Um, I, I. I wish I could say what guys, you're bloody insane. It should be bottom, but I, I can't lie. I've thought similar things. We've been the ones having the chats together. So we've all sensed it as we're having the talk and referring to this movie over and over again. I think you're right. I think we did do 41 a bit dirty. Is it a hard watch? Yes. Is some of the acting really suspect? Yes. Are some of the choices made a bit odd? Yes. And is all of the time travel completely secure in that movie? No, it is not. We, we discussed that at the time. And yet to see. Any movie that's not a Sound of Thunder on the bottom of this list feels like a bit of a, an insult for starters because the Sound of Thunder is so. And I I would rewatch Sound of Thunder at the drop of a hat, but I would do it high as a kite for laughs. laughs. I wouldn't do it earnestly. Whereas 41, who knows? I may revisit it. We may revisit it. I mentioned earlier on in the episode about there being genuinely good movies that we've watched, but there are also movies that we have taken in to gain data, to gain variety, to gain just more stuff to reference. And I always think of that when I think of Curvature, I'll Follow You Down, and The Jacket, three movies that, sure, not very entertaining if you're just looking for a good film, not going to set the world on fire in terms of doing anything wild and new. But we are in the business of curating a list of time travel films and also of cataloging examples of time travel films so you need the wonky you need the weird you need the bizarre and the less than less than wonderful because it makes the the amazing stuff look even better um and much like people learn from mistakes i think we not learn from the bad films but we take away a lot from those less than jazzy films you know what i mean
0: no i I completely agree and i do think we did we treated it harshly because it was initially the worst one we'd seen.
3: And and it is awful. It is terrible. <laughs> and we all know it's terrible, but it has value within our lineup of 12 films.
0: Yeah, and the more I've watched other time travel films, the more I look back at it and think no, actually, there are, there's salvageable stuff in this.
3: Unfortunately, 41 has I say unfortunately, I chose it. I mean, I've got to stand by my <laughs> point. But I think 41 has has a moment in it that I thought to myself, oh, this is actually quite meaningful. And it's the fact that Aiden has to live through his choice of going back in time. And we've seen it now in other films in, in that list. We've seen but his
2: is a real long time. His is a real
3: long time. By the end of the film, he's an old man. Yes. And he has lived through a whole nother life, which is like Sad and lonely. Sad and lonely. And you can't help but feel for the character, which is difficult because the acting performance is so poor. But I I just think it's 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 deeper than sound of thunder as well. It's got more to it than
2: One of the things that I think as well coming away from the list of 12 and coming away from season 1 is that uh it was a really good moment for me to reflect on maybe some some biases or uh, and and learn some lessons about how to how to take in future time travel movies. I've said a couple of times across a couple of episodes that time loop movies are not for me and so I'm always working to make sure I don't rank them too poorly or talk about them too distastefully because yeah i'm not a fan of them but it doesn't it doesn't detract from the craft and from the 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 objective value of them as time travel films so Mm. i i I factored in that biasy but i i think that 41 41 and primer are the movies on this list that are really difficult watches because they are low-budget indie flicks. At yeah. Primer, we did nothing but, like, celebrate the choices made and while while highlighting the difficulty, whereas at 41, we complained about the difficulty as opposed to just kind of accepting, well, they're working with what they've got with. So I think we've, we've now grown and we will learn the lesson so that the, the next time a very low-budget, very inexperienced actor's movie comes our way we'll be a bit kinder to it and judge it more on its time travel merit than just saying like my god aiden why are your eyes so
3: watery (laughs) did you ever think that you would be comparing primer to 41
2: scott you know what i i hate the fact that the guy who wrote 41 is right now somewhere has just like, <laughs> he's just shot up from his seat and been like, oh, he got a shiver up his yeah, spine and his went, ears are on something fire. I yeah, wanted yeah. to happen all my life has just happened. <laughs> Where has it happened? So I'm not entirely happy about that, but then credit to 41. I can't, you can't deny it. You, you can't. can't deny. You can't take away from the credit of that movie. Um, no matter how hard it is to give credit to someone who makes YouTube videos about the credit he thinks he deserves. I <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> I was gonna ask you guys if there was one change in the ranking to make. What would that one change be? I think we're all kind of we're all in weird agreement I that it, so. this is the change to make. I
3: think I think it, yeah, that is the one. It just it just it's not felt kind of right. The more I thought about how they work as films,
2: I think thoughty one's just more succinct. And that, guys, gals, James, Adam, beautiful listeners is the end of season one of the Time Travel Film Club. Breathe, breathe. Off into a vault it goes, locked up, sealed and secure for all time, backwards and forwards. Thank you very much.
0: Um, Could we release it to the public, actually?
2: We will be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But that is it. We have gone backwards and forwards. We have our nice solidified rankings. We've looked upwards and downwards all of the time travel season one. Which brings me very happily to the announcement. We will be back for a season two. Yeah, we, we will. Yeah, we will. We will be giving you a lot more information about that season two, including a little preview of some of the movies that we will be covering. And we will be giving you that information. In what I am also very happy to announce, we will be doing a bonus episode. Ooh,
3: bonuses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Adam is very happy. I know. About it, I'm loving every see. second of this. We, You will see on the feed, dropping in the next couple of months, a a special bonus episode. And in that wonderful special bonus episode, we'll be covering a time travel movie. Maybe more than one time travel movie, who knows? But we'll be doing something a bit special. And to just double down on the specialness, we will also be answering your fantastic listener questions. We've been amassing them over the course of this season and we look so forward to getting into the very best of them speaking of listener questions we
0: do have to do a big thank you to to superfan anne for the support she gave us in this first season the questions she asked us good and bad And just the fact that she wanted to listen.
2: Mm -hmm. Invaluable, honestly. At every point where I thought to myself, my goodness, I don't even want to listen to the three of us. I thought, (laughs) well, at least Anne is there. Staunch in her support. So I genuinely honestly couldn't be more uh grateful and we we thank you so much yeah thanks, and Tom. we look forward to making uh, uh our super fan and super proud with season two and we look forward to many more super fans coming our way and that's that as i have said on many episodes as we have said for many many months the movies are fantastic but it is watching them with you that is the most enjoyable part of it guys i'm so proud of us i'm so proud of the both of you i'm so proud of season one i cannot wait to come back for our bonus episode i cannot wait even more to come back for our season two what a handsome list we've got thank you so much
3: thank you so much to you scott for hosting what is
2: i tried apart from the curvature episode <laughs> oh
0: and thank you adam for all of the equipment uh, the no worries. facts
2: uh, the equipment no everything yeah. yeah and james thank you for understanding it all
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try and explain it to us
0: and thank you for traveling to my house rather than making sure. me go to yours
3: And yeah. well, uh, well, thank um, you both for moving 41 <laughs> <I'll
2: think after laughs> you are five. you are welcome that's thank for you, you thank adam. you you're welcome And thank you, listeners. We couldn't have done this without you. We hope you've enjoyed yourselves. We hope you look forward to Season 2 as much as we do. Until next time, Time Travel -travel Fuck fuck Boys
1: out! out. (laughs) Oh,
3: God. We need to sign everything off. Time Travel Fuck Boys out (laughs) from
1: now on.